You're listening to 10-Minute Takes. to 10 Minute Takes. Chris McSwiggin here with you, just awaiting Dustin Bork to get into the studio here. A brand new show debuting every Friday. Normally it's 1 to 2. Today it's 2 to 3 due to prior obligations and life's complications, but I think we got it all figured out now. Great, great, great show for you here today. Starting off with the biggest news, arguably the biggest news in the sports world right now, and that is the Ezekiel Elliott suspension. Uh, we're going to go into the VAR ball, why he's horrible for all sports, not just for the NBA and for basketball. Patriots-Cowboys, this year's Super Bowl, possibility, perhaps. Kyrie Irving, why he's right, why everybody criticizing him is wrong. Tom Brady refusing to speak on concussions, and Jay Cutler is back, but will it matter in the East? That's the docket here for today. Five topics, five minutes apiece, ten minutes total on each one. Brand new show, interesting concept. And we are here again, Chris McSwiggin, along with you. You may know me as the voice of the Thoroughbreds for Skidmore College. And again, welcome everybody. Dustin Bork is now on with us as well. So, Dustin, we're going to try this again here. Had some complications before audio-wise, but I think everything is now figured out. Um Sounds do you good. Shoot on, on, do you want to do you want to shoot on Zeke first, or do you want me to to go in? No, lead off. All right. The Ezekiel Elliott suspension, as most of you know or may not know, has been handed down today six games. The NFL has dropped the hammer on arguably the biggest star in the NFL right now. When I and, and pun intended there, of course, uh, which was a ballsy move by Roger Goodell doing Tom Brady last year, and now Ezekiel Elliott this year wanting to try to set an example for the league's quote-unquote personal conduct policy, big thing. Okay, I knew a suspension was coming. I didn't know it was six games, but I knew a suspension was coming. They, they claim it's personal conduct policy. First of all, personal conduct policy is only admissible for four games, not for six. They never listed it as domestic violence violation. They they said it's personal conduct, so therefore six games shouldn't stand to begin with. Secondly, if he had this big, long investigation looming, why did you let him play last year? Why did you let Ezekiel Elliott take the field and play with a quote-unquote domestic violence allegation looming overhead? Why not put him on the commissioner's exempt list until it was all figured out? This is, this is now another example of the NFL mishandling a quote-unquote domestic violence abuse situation because the NFL is really caught with their pants around their ankles here. What do we do? If we don't suspend Zeke, players are going to say, oh, well, you're just doing it because he's a, you know, he's a big star and, and, and it's Jerry Jones and he's a cowboy. And, and, and players are going to think that they can get away with a lot more. But if you do suspend Zeke, a lot of players are going to say, well, why? why like, what evidence do you have to give him six games? 
Well, the evidence that they have is an alleged bar fight that now everyone's saying he wasn't involved in, but he was in the bar at the time, pulling the girl's shirt down at the St. Patrick's Day parade, which was a drunken mistake, which was stupid, um, but that, and going 110 miles an hour in a 65 and getting a ticket for that for reckless driving, uh, and numerous other small instances on top of an alleged domestic violence dispute was the NFL just said, you know what, we'll give them the maximum right now, which is 10 games, and uh, – uh, excuse me, uh, six games, rather, which is, which is what they did. Do I agree with it? No. But the way I look at it, it's going to be appeals. It's going to be brought down to two, three, four, however many it is. It's going to be appeals. Jerry Jones is going to pull some strings. And we're not going to have Zeke out for as long as everybody thinks that we're going to have him out. All the Giants fans are trolling me on my Facebook right now. Oh, it's a sad day for Cowboys. Okay, fine. But the fact of the matter is this. We have weapons outside of Zeke Elliott. Yeah, we need them. Yeah, we want them. Um, but, but the NFL, the, the, the NFL, I guess the, the main thing is, has mishandled this. It's personal conduct policy. It's not domestic abuse. He... he it, they're going to say, fine, appeal it. We'll give you four games. I can live with four games. Tom Brady got four games last year, and the Patriots won the Super Bowl. I can live with four games. Six games, a little tough, but I, I can live with four. And, and I, But, I mean, what's your whole take on this? Is, this? is this, I mean, do you think that this is mismanagement by the league? Do you think this is just Zeke being stupid? I mean, did you see a suspension coming here? Uh, I, I mean, what, 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 is the league overreacting? I mean, my whole thing is I've been under the understanding that they don't have anything on Zeke. Now, do I have the sources that the NFL has? No. I don't know what it is they have. From what's been reported, there's text messages of a bitter ex-girlfriend saying, I'm going to ruin your life if you break up with me. So that, to Hmm. me, preaches – you know what I mean? Like, that just speaks like – jealousy and all right, you're going to leave me. Well, you know, F me, F you. So my whole thing is I saw pictures of Rihanna beat to shit when Rihanna, when uh, Chris Brown went off on her. I have seen um, a lot of pictures of bruises with Greg Hardy's Greg Hardy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I've seen footage of Ray Rice tuning up his wife in the elevator. So, I need to see something if I'm going to buy any of this. You cannot tell me because what the NFL just released today actually was that they are saying, oh, we've got plenty of proof. We've got tons of documents. We've got all kinds of stuff that show that he did, in fact, do this. So I just don't understand if you've got all that, why isn't it? available to the public. I mean, if you really wanted to just put this thing to rest, you'd release all of that. And then you'd really make them look bad. But I don't know. I I really don't understand why they're not releasing it when that, if anything would help the NFL save face with its fan base. So I, because there's literally, there's, there's nothing that would hurt the NFL at this point. They're just acting on what they believe is the, is the way to go. You know, they're, oh, well, he, he did this. Well, we're going to punish him. Now everybody can be happy with us. We dropped the ball on Ray Rice. We dropped the ball on Greg Hardy. 
But look at we're look at we're doing it right now. So release what you have because it, there will be no defense from me if I see pictures of this girl tuned up and you can legit link it to Zeke. I'll be like, all right, kid's an idiot and he deserves more than six. But until you can do that, why the hell would I buy into this? You're just basically telling me I need to 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 believe in the system that everyone's already proven to be very flawed. And now what? Because we're America's team or because we're the, the unlucky ones to have been next in line, we get the hand of God, you know, the wrath just laid down on us because we just happen to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. But if we were if we had taken care of this last year, maybe it would have been a slap on the wrist. It's like, well, th- that's just, that's ridiculous. That's just, I mean, that's brutal. So but why let him play? I don't that's know. my thing. Why'd you let him play last year? If he had a domestic violence thing, I see this whole yeah. thing happened in the summer of 16. A whole year, he was still yeah. in college uh, when a lot of this had happened. And well, you know I what, just, Chris, honestly, why let him play? we, we got to wrap this, we got to wrap this topic anyway. Yeah, that's but fine. The yeah, biggest yeah, yeah, thing, but... the biggest thing for me, the biggest thing for me is if the cops don't think he's guilty, then what the hell? Why don't why why does the NFL get a chance to make a judgment on this? The law, mm. the law that all U.S. citizens abide by, has said, nah, no big deal. All right, well, I mean that's the police. I don't give a I don't give a crap if you're going to tell me, oh, Jerry paid him off, this, that, and the other thing. Nope, doesn't matter. If the law has said nothing there. I don't want to see anything more to it. Now, with Brady cheating, it didn't become a law thing. So then the NFL has to become the law. This is literally you've beaten a woman or you didn't. That is a very big deal, and you go to jail for that. But the law said, nope, nope, nothing there. But yet you have the balls to say, no, we're going to – we don't believe the police. We're going to go another road. No, nah, I, don't, I don't buy that. I do not buy that. So that's where I land on that. Fair enough. And, and you know, um, I'm sure we'll, this will be a more of a topic of discussion as these proceedings go forward here in the next couple of weeks with the appeal and whatnot. Uh, but, but, I, but, but I think a topic that – a topic that, it, that is a sensitive subject for a lot of people, uh, a lot of people have opinions on it, uh, both some positive, most negative, is LeVar Ball. Why LeVar Ball is horrible for sports. Uh, I started the last one. You tell me why you why you're not a big fan of LeVar Ball. All right. So LeVar Ball, by definition, is a helicopter parent. Now, a helicopter parent is someone that hovers over their kid and is very loud. You can't avoid them, and they are they grab attention, and it's not always good. Now. It's been pretty, uh, pretty documented, and it's been all over ESPN and stuff of his last thing where he pulled his AAU team off because one of the refs made a call that he didn't like. That, to me, didn't come – it couldn't have looked more planned and scripted if you tried. When you looked at the footage, he literally saw a call made. And I'm not even kidding. He didn't even really argue with the refs. He said, let's go. So literally a, a kid comes down to the court and at about half court, there's like a charge call that he didn't agree with. And he literally points to his guys on the bench and then on the court, and he says, we're out. 
so that was so premeditated that I, I just don't buy it. I don't, I don't get, I don't understand what he thinks he's doing to benefit his kids. Now I'm not talking about his kids, kids. I'm talking about his, like his team, his, his kids, his, the, the kids that are on his team. What do you think him pulling those kids off the court is going to do for their recruiting status? So if someone was there to watch, let's say, Joe, Joe Smith, number one, that happened to be on the bench at the time or on the floor, and this dumb you-know-what decides to pull his kids off the floor, well, what the hell? The recruit doesn't get any exposure. I would not be in favor of this goon doing these kind of stunts if I'm a parent. Now, I saw on other shows that – guys like Kenyon Martin who have very, very talented kids that are scouted, that are going to college, probably don't want to do UCLA even though they're being scouted by them because they don't want to play with Ball's kids, his second kid. So you you now have NBA veterans that have their kids that are going to come up through the same process they went through that are now going to steer clear of your program because this clown is involved is no good for me. That is no good. UCLA is a great program, and they are now going to miss out on D1 talent and committed kids because their parents don't want to be around that goon. And, and it makes sense. I wouldn't want to. I personally wouldn't. And more than anything, the biggest, biggest problem I have with LeVar Ball is that he is now showing everybody that there's a payoff to being a complete clown. So you can take all the attention away from your kid and make this 100% about you, and you're going to get rewarded for it. There you go, world. All you got to do is do the complete opposite of what we have been raised to do the last 50 years by our generation, the generation before that, parents and grandparents have always told us, be humble, don't, don't be out of control, don't make it about you, make it about we, and you got this piece of crap that comes in and undoes all of that, and now we're going to have all these parents that were on the fringe of being helicopter parents that might have had a chance of mellowing out and dialing it back and saying, no, I'm going to let it be about my kid and not myself. Now they're going to go in and they're going to be like, I'm going to be the next LeVar Ball. Cause guess what? The big three's calling LeVar Ball. The herd's calling LeVar Ball. He's on ESPN. He's getting interviews with Stephen A. Smith. Like it's working and it's pathetic. If Stephen A. Smith says something is wrong with you, something is wrong with you. Um, Stephen A. Smith is, is uh, somebody who, who has quite a lot wrong with him when it comes to opinions. But LeVar Ball, he, he's a social media I, – I guess the best word to describe him would be troll. He's a social media troll. And, you know, you look at the definition of a troll and, and, and what a troll does and, and who a troll is, and, and that's all it is. I mean, it, the LeVar Ball – uh, era, I guess is the best way to put it, is just a passing fad. I mean, it's Pogs, it's Game Boys, it's Jinko Jeans. I mean, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to last for a year, maybe more, and then 
something else will come up on the internet, popular, wise, and, and they'll move on. I mean, the Butterball's kid will be average in the NBA. He plays no defense. He's only going to average, you know, uh, less than uh, probably may, maybe around 10 points a game. He's not going to be blowing the, the roof off or running anybody out of the gym. So when his son is average, people are going to stop listening to LeVar Ball. What is most most of LeVar Ball's dialogue? How good his son is. How good his family is. Well, when his son gets eaten alive in the NBA, no one's going to take LeVar Ball seriously anymore. What gives a troll power? People's reactions to them. And that's exactly what it is. The more we keep feeding it, the more we keep saying, oh, wow, what a, you know, you know what LeVar Ball is, the more he's going to eat it up and he's going to do more. I mean, he was on WWE a couple weeks ago, uh, you know, on a segment with The Miz. Okay, I, I mean, this guy is everywhere. And, and, you know, you knew he was a troll when he made his shoe brand $490 to buy. You know, you, you, you knew that couldn't take the guy seriously. So, for me, LeVar Ball, I'm not super worried about him. Uh, I, I, I think he's going to be passed. I think he's going to be gone soon. And, and and then that's it. I mean, LeVar Ball is is not important to me in, in the least bit. Um, now, when it comes to pulling them off the court, Okay, I, I've coached before, you've coached before, we've gotten into discussions with the referees before as coaches. When I was a player in college, I was very chirpy towards the refs. My coach didn't like it, but that's always been my mantra, okay? Never do you pull somebody off the court because of it. And again, this is that troll thing. This is LeVar Ball saying to myself, how can I get popular doing this? What can I do that people are going to talk about? It's like the cash me outside girl. Everybody talks about the cash me outside girl on Dr. Phil. She's everywhere right now, getting endorsement deals and music videos. Why? Because we, as a population, eat it alive. And that's exactly what LeVar Ball is, is, is doing. He's relishing in the spotlight that we gave him. But it's not going to last. I, I, was, I used to be pissed at LeVar Ball. I used to hate LeVar Ball. Do I think he's a clown? Yes. But I'm not, I'm not worried about him. I'm not worried about him. I guess in a world where esports is becoming an Olympic event, LeVar Ball can be a celebrity. <laughs> sure, yeah, for sure. And and you know, with with, with LeVar Ball, I I just I think that LeVar Ball, you know, for him to say he could beat Jordan one on one. For him to say that he was the best one-on-one player, arguably, of all time, uh, you know, obviously, these are troll things to say. And, and you know, LeVar is a smart guy. You know, he knows. He knows that, that his time is limited. He knows that his sons are, are, sure, they're good players, but they're not great. He knows he wasn't a very great player, good player. He's living vicariously through his son right now. And, you know, yeah, it, it sucks that UCLA is going to miss out on talent because, you know, you've got that one eight-hole parent that nobody wants to be around. It sucks. But I have no loyalty to UCLA. I don't care about UCLA. And, you know, I I just – I was a couple weeks ago when we were talking about making this show a lot more passionate about the LeVar Ball argument. Uh, but right now I, I've just taken the stance of I, I don't care. He's He's – He's just, I'm not going to let him affect me because that's what he wants. 
I'm not going to give him that benefit. All right. So moving on, um, our next topic was that there is a lot of people putting money on a Patriots-Cowboys Super Bowl. Now, generally, when I hear that, I get happy because being a Dallas fan, you like having your team in that conversation. But keep in mind, when you're a Dallas fan, um, you're usually in that conversation. So I, it kind of brings me back to when we were the 8-8 eight and eight team and somehow always uh-huh. in the Super Bowl in the preseason. Somehow always. Yeah. The most talented team. And, you know, this is the year that Romo's going to do it. And DeMarcus Ware is an elite pass rusher. And, and uh, T.O. is putting us over the top. You know, him and, and uh, Roy Williams are going to be unstoppable on the outside. And, you know, oh, you, we got Tashar Choice. And we got all these great, uh, you know, Julius Jones. And he, he, we just got, we got talent everywhere. Jason Witten's the best tight end in the league. And Brandon Carr, oh, we just went and we just got Brandon Carr, and, and now we're Roy Williams in the back. Oh boy, Brandon oh, Carr. <laughs> my, my whole thing is every year there's a way for the Cowboys to be in the Super Bowl, and then every mm. year there's a reason they don't make it. There are multiple actually. So. Mm. The thing that I'm worried the most about is obviously front and center with this Ezekiel thing. Does he miss six games? Does he miss four? Does he miss two? Does he not miss any? I don't know. I don't know the appeal process. I don't know how uh, how lucky Jerry's going to get. I, I just don't know. I don't know if it's even worth appealing because let's say they appeal it and they push it back and then week 10 comes and they say, nope. Suspension stands, and then all of a sudden he's got to miss the last six games of the season when we're mm. probably battling for a playoff spot. Or even worse, what if it comes in week 14 and then he's got to miss the rest of the season and all the playoffs? So my whole mm. thing is, is it, even, is it even worth it? Is it worth appealing it? I don't know. Are they going to 100% appeal it until after the Super Bowl? And, mm-hmm. and make it next season? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Is it just going to be keep pushing it off and let it hang over your head for three years like the Cheatriots did with Tom Brady? I don't know. I don't want that. Well, well you don't, you don't, don't make know. the playoffs now, in the first four weeks of the season. I, I mean, you know, no, so even if you miss I, four, I actually disagree with happen. that. I disagree with that because there is a big difference between 4-0 and 0-4. So oh, we're not going to go 0-4. There's no, no way. but I'm telling you right now that there's a big difference between 4-0 and 0-4. And oh, what happens if you take Ezekiel Elliott out and all of a sudden Dak is virtually ineffective? For some reason, the threat of Zeke was helping Dak. I don't know. So you don't know, man. You, oh, we're not going to go 0-4. Really? You took Tony Romo away from the Cowboys. and what, How many wins did they get? So I think it's very possible that if Dak needs Zeke to be successful and then you take Zeke away and all of a sudden Dak's nothing, I think we could easily go 0-4. But I haven't seen Dak play without Zeke. So I don't know how, how effective he will be. But my whole thing is, is, you want a chance to lead this team, Dak Prescott, here's your chance. Take the team over. Lead us. Because we don't know how long we're going to have without Zeke. You're going to have to be a 300-yard-a-game passing quarterback 
and then we're going to need multiple passing touchdowns out of you. you got to grow up and be a leader. Now, do I think the Patriots are going to make it to the Super Bowl? I do. I think it's going to be the same old, same old. I'm sick of it. I'm bored with it. They've got the weakest conference for the last decade, and it's pathetic. It's the same as LeBron and the Cavs in the Eastern Conference. They get to beat up on all the B-League teams while the West kills themselves just, just to get there. So I don't give any credit to the Pats. They're just the bully. They get to sit back. They're the only well-run franchise in the entire AFC, whereas the Cowboys are out here trying to survive with all the Sharks. So I don't know. I, I think the Pats have a better chance of the Cowboys making it there, especially with the suspension looming. You know, the Cowboys got to deal with the Packers and the Seahawks and, you know, the rising Bucks. Um, the Giants are going to be a big deal this year. Uh, I don't take the Eagles seriously, but eh, it's uh, yeah. going to be rough. Man. And, and I, the I Eagles just lost a big a, weapon. Yeah, as a Cowboys fan, I really hope that the Cowboys and Pats make it there. I hope that all the wise guys are right, but I don't see it right now. Well, here's the thing about the Dallas Cowboys schedule. Um, it, it's very top-heavy. And when I say top-heavy, I mean the first six weeks of the season, ironically, the first six games that Zeke is at, at the moment out for. I mean, again, who knows what's going to pend with the suspension and all of that, but at the moment is out for the six games. The first six games of the season, I mean, you look at uh, – we've on the gauntlet. I mean, New York Giants, Denver Broncos, Arizona Cardinals, Rams should be a win. Green Bay Packers, San Francisco 49ers. He can come back for San after the San Francisco game. So, I mean, you look at San Fran, and, I mean, the Browns could beat San Francisco. That's a win. The Rams should be a win. So, otherwise, you're going to one, two, three. That's two and four if he's out all six games, potentially two and four. Okay? Now, after that, it's no, it's, I mean, it's not, it's not smooth sailing or easy sledding. I mean, Redskins, Chiefs, Falcons, Eagles, Chargers, Giants again, Raiders, Seahawks, Eagles. I mean, th- th- there, are, there are a lot of games coming up later in the season that we would have him for, that we would need him for. However, I don't feel like we're going to miss, you know, uh, uh, that many games. I really don't. But, but th- th- that's part of the first topic. That's not this topic. You look at the East – the East is tough. I mean, I, you know, this division is going to beat the hell out of each other. It's going to come down to Cowboys, Giants. One's going to win the division. One's going to make the wild card, just like last season. And then you look at the NFC. You've got the Falcons, who obviously went to the Super Bowl last year, had a 28-3 lead uh, on 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 uh, the Patriots, and look what happened there. You've got them. The Bucks, as you mentioned, are rising. They're ascending. The Saints have gotten better. Okay, uh, I, I mean, the other teams in, in the other team in that division uh, the Panthers they're back they're, well possibly but they look good Christian McCaffrey Cam Newton all those guys that's going to be a, a, an up and down division obviously you know you, you look at Green Bay the cream of the crop of the NFC right now uh, a, a pretty good Minnesota team in that division a, a rising Lions team not too bad the Bears are rebuilding then you know you go out west you got Seattle Arizona's in the mix so, yes, it's very, very tough. On, on the Patriots' side, anybody that they seriously have to worry about? No, probably not. Uh, I mean, the Tennessee Titans have gotten substantially better. I think the Titans run away with that division this year, even if Andrew Luck is healthy. Uh, I think the Titans are just uh, far and above anybody else. I even think Jacksonville might might have a shot, but uh, you know, Houston's declined, 
and, and, and the Colts just have nobody but Andrew Luck. So, I, you know, I think the Titans win that division. You've got the formidable Steelers, really the only team really you can even need to look at in that division. Then you've got out west, and it's interesting out west. The Raiders, who a lot of teams, a lot of people, wise guys and sports fans alike, are saying the Raiders could dethrone the Patriots this year. Possible. Don't see it. And, and you know, until anybody proves that they can beat the Patriots in crunch time, I can't help them. But the Raiders are out there. The Chiefs are, are, have gotten good under Andy Reid, that wall of this looking you-know-what out there. The Chiefs are good. So, I, I mean, it, it, it's just, yes, the NFC is tougher competitively all around than the AFC is. Do I think the Patriots go 16-0? and No, no, I don't. But I think the Patriots have, right now, be the man, you have to beat the man mentality. Until somebody knocks them off, you can't bet against them because I thought for sure last season with all the injuries that they had on that team and Tom Brady being out for four weeks, all right, hey, this is not the Patriots' year. Awesome. We're going to see a new team. Nope. Come back, run the table, win the Super Bowl. And that's why I'm not as concerned with the Zeke thing. Brady was out four games. They won the Super Bowl. Zeke can be out four games. We can still win the Super Bowl. So um, do I see us being there this year? I thought last year was our year, honestly. The the way we played all season long, just running over people. I mean, looking at that schedule, saying, ah, geez, we got the Steelers this week. Ah, geez, we got, at the time, Cincinnati, who I thought would be decent. Uh, Oh, geez, we got, you know, the the Eagles or or the whoever. I mean, formidable teams that we played, beat them all, all of them. So I'm not – this year, I'm not as wild about it simply because of our defense. We lost Brandon Carr, no big loss, but he's still a starting corner. I mean, we've got, we've got Anthony Brown's a young guy, Byron Jones. We all know what he can do. Uh, Orlando Skandrick is back. It, it, it's going to be, especially if Zeke is out, it's going to be can the defense get stops because that can put the ball down the field. We've seen it. Go on YouTube, watch his highlight clips. Dude can throw about 40 yards standing still. He has a couple of plays where he airs it out. He he can do that. He he also can make plays on the run. He's very good at the clock. He makes smart decisions. I'm not worried about Dak. I'm worried about can our defense stop anybody, especially with some very good offenses coming in. So if we can do that, yeah, I can see it. But right now, I'm giving it to the Patriots, and unfortunately, not giving it to my team yet. What's next? Well, topic number three uh, is is a, a topic of, of dissension, soap opera, stabbing in the back per se, uh, according to some media sources. Kyrie Irving comes out and says he no longer wants to play with LeBron James. He gave a laundry list of teams he would like to be traded to and, and says he would like out of Cleveland. A lot of people are up in arms over this. Oh, well, you know, why? Where did this come from? Well, I think I can say where it came from. It came from Kyrie Irving being arguably the best point guard in the league outside of Russell Westbrook, of course, and really getting no recognition. I mean, this isn't – the Cleveland Cavaliers are not LeBron James, Kevin Love, Kyrie Irving, you know, uh, whoever else on that team, Deron Williams, uh, Tristan Thompson. No, the Cleveland Cavaliers are LeBron James. They're not even Tyrone Lewis and Gilbert. 
They are LeBron James. And as long as anybody plays on that team, you're going to be in the shadow of LeBron James. You're going to be, uh, you know, basically a, a second fiddle. You're going to be a third wheel to a player coach who is all but the general manager of that team. And, and I think Kyrie Irving wants to go to a team and, and potentially sacrifice championships for a couple of years Go to a team where he can be the piece. He can be the 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 center of of an organization. He can say, "Hey, I'm the general. I'm the point guard. I'm the star." He looks at what LeBron James has, and Kyrie Irving goes, "Listen, I can do this." In fact, if Kyrie Irving doesn't hit that big shot last season, not not this past year, the season before, if Kyrie Irving doesn't hit that big shot and score forty points in Game Seven, the Warriors win again. So. Kyrie Irving, you could say, yeah, LeBron James had the big block and all that. Kyrie Irving won that game. Okay, so I, I really think Kyrie Irving, and I wouldn't be surprised if Kevin Love is up and gone too, doesn't want to play for a guy who's all about him. He wants to make an identity for himself, make a name for himself in the league. I don't blame him. If he goes to the Knicks, he can definitely do that because he'll be the only guy in the Knicks, you know, worth talking about. He also talked about potentially the Spurs, potentially the Timberwolves, who just got Jimmy Butler as well. So there, there are some teams. The only problem is what would these other teams have to give up for him? Because he's not a free agent. He would have to be traded. So the Cleveland Cavaliers can force his hand here. They can say, hey, listen, Kyrie, you're under contract. You're playing for us and you're not playing. Or they can look to the future and say, hey, LeBron, listen, we'll give you young pieces. We'll go out, we'll get this guy, we'll go out and get this guy, we'll go out and get this guy. We will build around you with young talent so that when you are ready to hang up the boots, we still have a competitive team. Because you look at what, LeBron, what the Cavaliers were before LeBron James, they were a lottery pick every year. Now LeBron James is there, and suddenly they're winning championships and they're in the discussion. They don't want that. When LeBron James leaves, the Cleveland Cavaliers have established themselves now as one of the dominant teams in the East. They don't want to go back to being a lottery pick when LeBron leaves. And LeBron doesn't have long left. So that's why I think that they would take younger pieces, maybe an Andrew Wiggins, maybe uh, you know, have him come back. Maybe you know, I, I can't even think of uh, – I'm out of basketball mode now. I'm in football mode, so I can't think of anybody at the moment. But they could possibly take some young pieces for Kyrie Irving, or LeBron James could say, nope, Mr. Gilbert, this is my call since I run this team anyway. I want Kyrie here. Either way, either way, Kyrie's going to be disgruntled, or he's not going to be there. I think the Celtics lose this year. Jason Tatum will be the steal of the draft, and the Celtics will go to the NBA Finals this season against the Golden State Warriors. Now, is Kyrie wrong? Because when you made the agenda, you said Kyrie Irving is right and you're all wrong. What exactly do you mean about Kyrie Irving is right? I think he realized that he's playing with a guy whose ego is bigger than the stadium. I think that he wants to now be the center of focus instead of LaDouche being the center of focus. So what what I think is that he's finally about himself 
and he says, you know what, I'm not a follower, I'm a leader. Without me, the Golden State Warriors have a three-peat right now, and you coming home is a joke. So I think Uncle Drew is going to take his talents to a team like Chicago. I think he's going to end up think – about, think about what LeBron wants. LeBron wants all of his boys on his team. He wants to be on a team with Dwayne. He wants to be on a team with Chris Paul. He wants to be on a team with Melo. But the problem is Melo is at a point where he's like, you know, I, I, I got to get this W because I'm not trying to become Charles Barkley and basically retire without a ring. So uh. I think Melo sees Houston. All right, CP's in his prime. Harden's in his prime. I go over there just a little bit past my prime, and then I really put the Houston Rockets over the top, whereas if I go to Cleveland, it's like me, LeBron, we're both kind of past our primes, and that's it. And it's like he knows that that won't be anything. He knows that in order to get himself to Cleveland, they would have to gut the team, and then he he's not enough to make up for it. Uh-huh. You know, like I think if somehow Kyrie – Stayed, and then Melo came, and it was Melo, LeBron, Love, Kyrie. Yeah, I think they're they're unstoppable. But unfortunately, uh-huh. Kyrie wants out, and that's what happens when you're a piece of crap and you don't take care of your uh-huh. teammates, and you subtweet every other day, and you scold players on national TV, trying to make yourself look like you're the only one that knows what's going on. That's what happens, dude. You act like a you act like a piece of crap teammate, and then you wonder why your teammates don't want to play with you. This isn't this isn't Kobe. This isn't Jordan punching somebody in practice. This is Ladouche James, the attention whore of all attention whores, who on national TV walks up to Kyrie Irving at center court and scolds him for a play that didn't come to fruition. Like, you're a piece of crap, dude. Like, if you got a problem with Kyrie, take it up with him at halftime in the locker room. Don't, in the middle of a game on national television, put him on blast in front of everybody and make him look like a kid. I defend Kyrie. I applaud Kyrie. He is a bigger star, in my opinion, has more star power than LeBron does. LeBron's just That's larger than life. LeBron's larger than life as a physical specimen and his hype train that his himself, he himself and his brand has created. Like people think of LeBron now and they try to compare him to Jordan. Dude, Kyrie and his uncle Drew character, he has more street cred than LeBron does. So Kyrie's an actual basketball player. LeBron's trying to be a celebrity. All right, LeBron, peace out. Go be in shitty Amer. Amy Schumer movies. Like, do what you got to do, bud. Like, because I'm sick of seeing you. There are, there are certain guys that, that literally let their egos consume them, and then I get to a point where I'm like, you know what? The sport would be better if they just disappeared, and nobody would miss them. And everybody says, oh, you're out of your mind. Well, anybody who used to watch wrestling, I said the same thing about John Cena. John Cena disappeared. No big deal. 
that's the same thing as LeBron James, man. You claim that you are everything, and then you realize that in reality, you're just another pawn. So, LaDouche, I, I'm sorry, man. I'm, not, I'm sorry I'm not sorry. I'm glad all your teammates are starting to realize what type of a player you are. You were a coward to begin with when you left Cleveland to go jump on Miami's dick and ride them to a championship, and you're an even bigger coward by trying to save face by coming home, and you will be the biggest piece of crap when you leave them a second time to go wherever you're going to go. Everybody's talking about L.A., and good for you, bud. You, you jump ship, see how many of your fans stick with you, because only the dumb ones will at that point. Kyrie, I applaud you. Just don't go to the Knicks because that's my rival, and I don't want to see you four times a year. That's an interesting take. Uh, I mean, I knew you weren't the biggest LeBron James fan in the world, um, but uh, the, the bigger star power, that, that, that's an interesting one. And, you know, LeBron, I think it's well known that he's, uh, he's not the easiest guy to get along with. He's a with bigger star you, you know. for basketball. Like, like well, uh, Irving sure, sure, of course. Is, is a better talent at the point guard position. LeBron's just dominant. Like, big deal, dude. You're a big, physical, dominant guy. Good for you, man. You don't even use it. You don't even back players down. Like, you're built like a power forward. You should be playing like Magic Johnson. And then you would be truly transparent. Like, you'd be – you would literally – you would transcend if you could emulate your game after Magic, but he can't do it. He won't do it. He's, he's got built, too big of an ego. He'd rather camp out of the three Built like a butterfly. Well, I mean, well, yeah. he, he plays like a butterfly built like a linebacker. That, that's just how it is. But it, it, it's interesting as well that you think he's going to leave. Uh, but, but, but more on that uh, later. We only have 18 minutes left to go here and two more topics. Um, and, and maybe we can do a, a brief rundown of all of them at the end if we have some free time. But Speaking of big stars, Tom Brady, who has come up in some topics of discussion here so far today, Tom Brady refusing cushions. Now, I don't blame him. Why? Why bring light to it? I mean, you've already been involved in, according to Tom Brady anyway, and according to everybody involved with the Patriots organization and arguably everybody in the state of Massachusetts – You've already been involved in a witch hunt once. Okay. Why talk about easily the biggest hot button issue in the league right now and saying, Oh yeah, I had a concussion last year. Oh yeah, I played through concussions. Do you want you want to give the NFL any more ammo against you? Do you want to give the the NFL watch, Tom Brady will come out and say, Yeah, you know, I I've played a couple times when it's been a little fuzzy and I've seen some stars, but it's all right, I've played through it. Do you want the league to then make protocol? That's going to keep you out longer because you're getting up there in age? I, I mean, the NFL already, in the eyes of Patriots fans, has it out for Tom Brady. Why bring up any of this? Just be like, yeah, you know, concussions, it is what it is. I mean, I don't like a lot of things that Tom Brady does. Because that he was very, very uh, moot on talking about a lot of this. Because, really, there, there's nowhere to go with it. I mean, for, for Tom Brady to talk about this, it's just bringing light to a negative topic that a lot of players, it you know, could jeopardize a lot of things for a lot of players. So I, I don't know. I mean, you might know more about this than I do. All I know is that, I mean, Giselle opened her mouth, but she shouldn't have done. But other than that, I wouldn't talk about concussions. These guys that come out and talk about concussions and playing through them, 
they're not helping their cause. And, and, and you know, Tom Brady's like, oh, I want to play in another 10 years. Hmm. I don't know about that. But, again, I, I, I applaud Tom Brady for not uh, not talking about his, about his concussions. I, I, I wouldn't either. Uh, and no well, you can applaud to. Tom Brady all you want, but I'm not going to applaud him for a single thing. I'm certainly not going to applaud him for, once again, trying to cheat the system. So this is bigger than Tom uh, Brady. What? This is another Patriots thing. This is another Pats trying to cheat the system thing. How many years have gone by? Now, you'll remember this. Every Saturday and Sunday, or maybe it's just Sunday morning, across the board okay. at the bottom of ESPN, the injury report will, will go through. And you'll see who's listed as questionable, who's listed mm-hmm. as game-time decision. Now, Not a single Pats Patriot on it. Have, yeah. The Pats have made a mockery of that policy for the last decade. Okay, there has Tom Brady was listed on the report every goddamn week for at least three years with a shoulder injury and um, game time decision. (laughs) Everybody knew he was going to play, but Belichick would always put him on the report as like a F you to the league. Like, well, technically he had soreness in his shoulder. And if you want me to report everything, I'll report it. But yet you got. Giselle blowing Brady's spot up, saying, yep, he had a couple concussions last year. So, Belichick tried to make a point by over-reporting injuries to annoy everybody. Well, Brady's shoulder's stealing fuzzy, game-time decision. All right, dude, we get it. It's hilarious. We know he's playing. So, but then Giselle opens her mouth and then says, yep, my husband's had a couple concussions. Now, you're not disclosing injuries to the league which should be a heavy heavy punishment because they're all about safety of the players right now so if you've gotten a concussion you have to report it and then their independent concussion consultant guy has to come in and test you and then if he tests you and it takes longer than normal you do not play and brady knows that's not going to fly with him because he needs to be able to practice and play and he will not take no for an answer that's my problem. It is another Patriots scumbag move, and I'm sick of it because they have once again found a way to, oh, no, we get special rules. We get to find the cracks and the crevices of the, of the back, do things how we want to do them. No. If he had concussions, he should have had to report them, and then he would have had to deal with the league investigator that would have come in and given him the concussion test and said, no, he's not good today. We'll try tomorrow. Nope, not good today. Nope, nope. Now he's going to have to skip this game. And they, are, they would not be happy with that. And that's my problem, is that it is once again another example of the dirty Patriots playing a dirty game. And I'm sick of it, man. Like, if we're all going to do it, then fine. But it's not like that. You're going to have the people that try to follow the rules – and then you're going to have the people that are cheating, and they get advantages, and they win. And it's not freaking fair, and I'm sick of it. Like, if we're all going to cheat, fine. If every single team was lying and cheating, and there was proof of it, I'd shut up forever. You'd never hear from me ever again about the Patriots. But the fact that I know that there are other teams that are trying to do it honorably makes it irritating that they got to do they got to basically play two games. 
they got to play against the regular rules, and then they got to play against the teams that are cheating. It's just not right. And, and you know, it's funny because I, I, I never really thought of it that way. That's actually uh, a, a pretty amazing take. I just thought, eh, you know what, talking about concussions, whatever, the league has enough on their mind. Um, but, but yeah, I, it's a very, very interesting take on, on my regard, and, and I actually – uh, I'm going to recant my previous statement uh, for him keeping on the hush hush about something so serious, and uh, I'm going to say, you know what? I, but I, I agree for once, with you. For I once in my radio him. career, if you're trying, if but listen, Chris, if you're trying to stay under the radar and not get caught, yeah, and agree with him, he did the right thing. He's trying to be a sleazeball. True. Well, I think for the first time. In our uh, radio careers here, we actually agree on something. It, it took uh, uh, me hearing your take, but uh, I do I do actually agree with you because, uh, you know, the oh, Patriots you agree with me do more? this stuff all the time. Well, yeah, maybe. Maybe I should. Uh, but, but, yes, the Patriots do do all this stuff. I said do-do. Uh, the, the Patriots do this stuff all the time, and uh, it really goes unnoticed, whereas, you know, teams like the Cowboys, if we were doing the same thing, it would be it'd be a massive uh, a big deal. So, uh, Patriots fans, you want to claim witch hunt? You want to say, hey, they're going after Tom Brady. They're singling us out, but yet you're allowed to get away with so much stuff. Uh, it's actually it's really kind of baffling the stuff that they get away with, but yet when they're finally caught, that uh, they want to complain as heavily as they do. I mean, you live in New England. You know how Patriots fans are. Uh, it, it can get pretty intense up there. Ten minutes left to go here, and finally we have Jay Cutler, the the vapid and vague Jay Cutler is back in the league after hanging it up finally, and everybody's saying, oh, hey, finally, the, the nightmare is over in Chicago. Ryan Tannehill, who is really the new Tony Romo in terms of him not being able to stay healthy, goes down again with, with a tweaked knee. I don't know if he'll be out the whole season, but he, he's got a little bit of a tweakage in his knee here. Dolphins don't trust Matt Moore. They go out and they get a big name like a, a Jay Cutler. And Jay Cutler's interview, which, uh, again, this was a topic I think that was just added. I didn't know what the topic was or I would have his, uh, his sound bite here. But, oh, we were on vacation this week. Uh, it's my son's birthday tomorrow. You know, we're doing this and – it's it's yeah you know it's kind of timing is a little 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 wrong but uh, hey you know it is what it is and it's football and blah 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 he just he seemed like there was no place in the world or or should be there was any place in the world he would rather be than on that podium at that time and dude you're getting ten million dollars for one year you're getting more money than ninety nine percent of people in this country are going to ever see in their lifetime for for twelve months. And you, you just, nah, okay, I'm back. I'm playing for the Dolphins. You know, needless to say, Jay, that you were on a bad Bears team for a long time. You are on a team where, and it pains me to say this, you were the best player. Okay. Uh, you know, and I'm not talking about, you know, the Bears teams with Brian Urlacher and the Bears teams with Matt Forte. And I'm talking about the last couple of seasons on a, on a very bad Chicago team. You were the best player. What does that say? Because you're not very good, Jay. But now you're playing on a playoff contender. You're playing on a team 
that was able to crack the surface. The Miami Dolphins, the only team that has been able to put Brady on his backside, the only team that has given Tom Brady fits for the past four years on defense, the team that Tom Brady dreads playing the most because they're the only team that can get to him somehow, you're on a team that is trending upward. You've got baller uniforms. You play in 80-degree weather. You've got South Beach right there. You're, you're in an ideal situation, Jay. Okay, the Miami Dolphins, there are a lot worse teams. I mean, the Cleveland Browns could have picked you up. Okay, but no, you're in Miami, and you don't really seem to care. Is it going to matter in the East? Probably not. Are the Dolphins going to make the playoffs again? Maybe, maybe as a wild card. But again, you've got a very good Chiefs team, uh, you know, and you never know who else is going to emerge. Maybe Jacksonville might be good. Who knows? Uh, Cincinnati's gotten better. The Browns look good. You never know. But right now, you're on a team trending upward, and you don't want to be there. It's baffling to me that, you know, you've been on the defensive for – how long now? Saying, oh, hey, I don't get the credit that I deserve, and I've, I've carried this big load on my back, and, and, and I'm, I'm better than people think that I am, and, and I don't like the fact that people you know, think I'm a joke. But then you treat a playoff organization and a prestigious organization like the Miami Dolphins as a joke during your introductory press conference. And you know what? Go ahead. Give me Colin Kaepernick because I would rather have a guy – who wants to be in the league, who would be grateful to be on a team, albeit as politics aside, I, I, I don't like Colin Kaepernick for various reasons, but a guy who wants to be in the league, who's all but begging to be in the league, I guess the guy is saying, eh, yeah, you know, we're on vacation, it's my son's birthday, and yeah, timing sucks, but hey, here I am. I, Jay, why? Just just hang it up. T- turn the money down and, and go on vacation and and, and and be done with it, man. But I, I, to me, as a competitor, I don't know if I could – I've always resp- – I never liked Jay Cutler. I've always thought he sucked. But I've always respected him for taking his lumps, taking his hits, taking the media brunt, and still going out there and playing and trying to win games. Not anymore. I don't think I can respect Jay Cutler anymore. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, listen, he has proven – over and over again to be uh, heartless, in my opinion. He he doesn't seem to have that it factor, that passion to play the game. And I just don't know if that'll ever change. I don't know if he'll ever get to the point where he's like, oh, man, I love football. I miss it. I need to be a part of it. It's such a big part of my life. So I personally don't know if it's worth having him in Miami. You know, I, I don't, I don't think he's any better than Ryan Tannehill. I know the stats put them right next to each other and they're like the same player. I think he's definitely Cutler's got a stronger arm. I think Cutler's probably got one of the strongest arms in the league, uh, to be honest. Um, he's got a, an absolute cannon. The thing is, he, he's got a great arm, but he's got no soul, no passion. So, I don't know, man. I, I don't know if it's the type of thing that's going to work out. Uh, did they win 11 games last year? 
Uh, I believe they went. I gotta check it. I, they either went ten and six or eleven and five. I gotta check it out. So they're either a ten pull, or eleven right team, now. team with Tannehill. I I don't think Tannehill's the turnover machine that Cutler tends to be. So I, I'm gonna go the other way with it, man. Everybody's saying that he's worth uh, another six, another win. Ten and oh, yeah. six. I'm going nine and seven. Yeah. I don't think he's worth another win. I don't think he is a, hmm. a game better than Tannehill. I think Tannehill can't throw down the field as much, but for that same reason, he's safer. He won't turn the ball over as much. So I don't he's know. Manager, I tend to yeah. like the I tend to like the gunslingers, but I like the gunslingers that have a passion for football, like Romo and Favre. I do not like the guys that literally just want to show up and collect paychecks. Cutler reminds me of my old um, favorite basketball player, Darren Williams. He, to me, was the second coming of Jason Kidd, and then everybody just figured out he totally doesn't give a fuck about basketball, and he just wants his paychecks. And then I ignored it for as long as I could until I, it was hitting me in the face, and then he does the interview and says playing in Brooklyn was awful, and he contemplated quitting basketball. And I'm like, dude, I'm I'm done. Like, literally, you're you're claiming to lo- play a sport that you've loved since you were a kid, and then you're telling me that because you're having a rough road that you're gonna quit. Like, I have no patience for people like that. I don't I don't quitters and people that have no soul or drive to do anything and to be great. Like, you're a professional athlete. I should be looking up to you, not feeling sorry for how pathetic you are. And Darren Williams and Jay Cutler are the same guy. So I don't think Cutler's worth an extra win in Miami. I think they'll be nine and six. Um, Miami, I mean, that's tough, man. You got to play the Pats twice a year. It's just not going to happen. I I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think that division is going to be anyone's except for New England's until long after Bill and Tom have exited. Yeah. We got Certainly a minute possible. left, man. Yeah, and you know, I, I I like the setup. I really do. Uh, I I think to go back and forth with the hot takes uh, and in the ever revolving sports world. Uh, more to come on this on the Ezekiel Elliott suspension uh, and then the subsequent appeal that we know is going to happen. We'll try as hard as we can to keep you updated on the Facebook page with that, uh, as well as any other Cowboys news, since we are both Cowboys fans, so we are a bit biased in that regard. Um, Patriots Cowboys we're running a bet thread or at least I'm going to make a bet thread anyway you guys can go on and give us your comments about that as well and if you think that you know one of those teams will make it both teams why why not I think that'll be fun uh, Kyrie Irving tell us is, is he right or wrong uh, Brady and the concussions any any topic we talked about today we're going to post the agenda you go on you comment because hey we're here for you and we will see you next Friday Will you walk away? Will you walk on by? Come on, call my name. Will you call my name?